What's up? Welcome to Project Freelance. I'm your host, Kay Inagonio, just the letter K. Nice to be in your ears. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Project Freelance. So I am about to head out on tour, but uh, I have a song coming out on May 4th for, you know, May the 4th be with you. You know, it's space themed. I have a space themed song, so I'm going to release it on May 4th and it coincides with today's guest. This episode was actually recorded back in 2020 in February. On February 13th, 2020, I recorded this episode and I've been waiting to release it. I can't believe I recorded this two years ago and it still hasn't come out, but basically my buddy Eli is a full-time content creator. Eli is a huge space enthusiast and lover of all things that take us to the stars. You know, he's a huge fan of SpaceX. He has a awesome silver Tesla. And uh, a few years ago, I wrote this song called The Last Spacewalk, and it's a ballad, actually. Um, if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a metal screamer and a singer, and I wanted to create a ballad called The Last Spacewalk, and it's a pretty, you know, empowering yet sad song and the goal for this song has always been to get it on elon musk's radar um to get it put in a tesla car playlist and you know just go above and beyond anything that i've ever done with my music so this song means a lot to me um it's called the last spacewalk and for the music video i i you know i i hit up eli and i was like yo do you want to be in this music video as starman Starman is uh, basically the astronaut that Elon Musk sent to space in his Tesla Roadster. Um, there's like a little, I, I don't know if you saw the live stream of it, but he, he launched a car into space and it's going to Mars and back. Um, it's actually now closer to Mars than it is to Earth, which is crazy. So uh, that is the mission for Starman. And so I asked Eli if he wanted to be in the music video for this song. It's a completely story-based music video. I'm not in it at all. But I'm super excited about it, about how it turned out. And so we are going to be diving into Eli's story as a content creator, all the projects he's working on, including a comic book series. And he's actually just, by the time you hear this, he'll have launched an NFT project based around Starman. And I will be a holder of some of those assets. Super excited to be supporting what he's doing. And uh, I can't wait to see where he takes it next and what he does next. But for the time being... We're going to do this podcast. I'm going to introduce you guys to Eli. But before we do that, just a couple of things. Um, the week after this episode gets put out, I will actually be releasing a new book. It's a guidebook for urban exploring, for exploring abandoned places. I don't know if you know, but that's what I do when I'm not freelancing. I host another podcast called No Tracers about exploring abandoned places, and I also explore those abandoned places. Uh, but on my other podcast, I actually interview other explorers from around the world. So I decided to make a guidebook for urban exploring, and I teamed up with a friend of mine from Portugal named Cursed Sketchbook. He likes to draw on photos of abandoned places, so uh, we put this book together, and I'm very, very proud of it. So it comes out on Friday the 13th, Friday, May 13th. It's the first Friday the 13th of 2022, so I thought, thought that that was kind of fitting for like a spookier kind of book to come out. So yeah, uh, lots of meaningful dates coming up. Um, I wanted to release this song, The Last Spacewalk, on the day that Starship did their test flight, but because... Uh, 
because rocket launches are, you know, not really set in stone because inclement weather or a nut is not screwed on the, all the way. You know, there's a lot of things that could uh, scrub a launch. So for the time being, I thought May 4th would be fitting for this song to come out. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, go check it out. It's on all streaming platforms. Hopefully we get some playlisting and please tweet Elon Musk uh, the song so that we can get it on his radar tweet him the music video all those things very very proud of this um so last thing i need to do is thank our partner which is liquid death mountain water if you guys have never heard of liquid death well it's a amazing water company they get water from the austrian alps and they donate proceeds to cleaning up the ocean so if you want 10 percent off a case or 50 cases or if you manage a bar perhaps and you're listening to this podcast uh order a bunch of water and use my code just the letter k for 10 percent off your order thank you guys for listening all right eli without further ado please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the project freelance audience what's up guys my name is eli burton I am the president and founder of My Tesla Adventure, creator of The Adventures of Starman, and I am now a full-time content creator. So for people that don't know what Starman is, can you just give a little bit of background about what that is and uh, where you where you started with your love for space? Yeah, so Starman was the happenings of the Falcon Heavy demo launch it took place February 6, 2018. And basically what happened is uh, SpaceX was launching their demo flight of a new rocket called the Falcon Heavy. And, and for the test payload, instead of just doing concrete blocks or metal blocks like is typically done, Elon Musk decided that that was boring and boring is terrible. So instead, he sent up his signature series cherry red Tesla Roadster with a mannequin in a spacesuit in the driver's seat, blasted into Earth on this rocket, and then they live streamed it for like 24 hours of it orbiting the Earth before it ran out of power. And then they sent it on an orbit headed out past Mars and around the sun. So crazy. It makes me like giggle, you know, because it's like, what? What? When I say it, it seems like something that would never actually happen in your life. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, when I would, it sounds like you're describing a plot from like a comic book. And that's how it turned into me creating this project called The Adventures of Starman, which is a comic book series built around the Starman character. Because what happened was already so obscene, it was totally unbelievable. And it just made a ton of sense that to turn Starman, who was basically this real life superhero, and give him his own comic book universe to back it up. That's so amazing. So when you created this comic book, tell me a little bit about it, what goes on in it, and uh, who did the illustrations for it, who wrote the story. I want to know more about that because as a comic book fan myself, I, I love hearing about how these things are created. A lot of people don't understand the process of actually creating a comic book. There is a lot more that goes into it than I ever would have guessed, and I learned that the hard way. So... Uh, the process of creating it started with, I mean, obviously the idea, and I started with hiring a chief illustrator. Um, and thankfully, I was able to get some really, really great guys. These guys work for, you know, my illustrators and colorists have worked for Marvel and DC, and you know, they're top of the line artists and really pros at what they do, which was extremely helpful for me because I had no experience in creating a comic book at all. I don't have any artistic ability myself that involves drawing. So I think I was able to get really great experts, kind of help guide me in the process. But for episode one. Episode one really is just a documentation of what happened with the Falcon Heavy launch and like kind of the lead up to it. And then Starman going into space and a little 
little bit happens, but really it's just reliving the whole scene that was the the weeks leading up to and a couple days after the launch. So the story elements of episode one were actually pretty easy because we didn't really deviate too far from like reality. I would say probably about 80 to 90% of the images in episode one are completely mirror of real life. So then I know it's crazy. Uh, even the people like the people in it that are showing the reactions to the launch, they're all real people. Like they're SpaceX employees and people that were just watching from and like, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. Um, it was funny, actually, one of the members of Elon's staff, one of his executives, his main assistant at the time, there's a scene where Elon Musk is running out of the command center where they watch the launch so he can go outside and, you know, look up to the sky and see it going off into space. And his assistant yelling at him, go, 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 get outside. And we messed up, actually. And in the comic, she has blonde hair. But in real life, she is a brunette. And I was at the unveil of the boring tunnel and somebody there connected who I was and said, I need to go get somebody for you. And she totally chewed me out (laughs) for getting her hair color wrong. (laughs) Yeah, true story. So we actually reprinted a single copy just for her with the hair color. Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool that you went out of your way to do that as well, you know, to like correct that mistake. (laughs) I had to, I felt so bad and I hadn't met her in person at the time, but yeah, no, I, I, it, I just had to. I called up the illustrator. I said, hey, we have a problem. And he's like, no problem. He sent me the updated digital like 24 hours later and we got it taken care of. That's amazing that you use like actual employees and stuff. Yes. Yeah, so you're asking me a bit about the process of creating one of these. And I think episode two, big, it's called Big Oil Strikes Back is where I really got the full picture. And it starts all the way from when you start a project like this you at least have to have the high level storyline nailed down you don't necessarily have to have the panel by panel or scene by scene dialogue but you need to know where you're going and where you're going to end up to make sure that as you're producing this along the way that you leave enough space to tell a compelling story for the audience while still doing justice to the kind of the most important elements of the scene so i would say when we started episode two we had had the storyline figured out for a really long time But it was actually while producing episode two that we finalized some of the scenes and finalized some of the dialogue, which definitely had some risks and downsides to it. There were certain scenes that we wanted to make longer but didn't have enough space. But on the upside, it gave us the ability to adapt real time to make changes and improvements to the story. Once we saw our ideas get translated into illustrations and then ultimately colored pages, because sometimes the things that we had in our head, once they were actually drawn out, we either liked it more or less than what we originally thought of. It's a wild process of turning a pure written story into a visual medium and doing it in a visual medium like comics where like you have some of these cool effects that you can use to imply motion and sound effects, but you don't actually have physical motion. And that's something that like if you're used to watching movies and not reading comic books is something that's hard to appreciate that that is actually very difficult to engineer. Wow. And so the farther you got into this process and when you started to, you know, like the, the visuals that were going along with it, um, what was the, what was the next step to like, get it all to come together? Like how, how did you, how often were you communicating with your illustrator? Like, what was that, that like for you? Oh, when I'm producing an episode, I'm communicating with my, my illustrator pretty much daily for like six months. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And then we'll have calls when we get to scenes that we like getting disagreements about and like we'll be on the phone as a team arguing about stuff. And like, it's a very intense process, especially when, and it should be because like it's an, it, it, if the process is easy, you probably don't have the right team members involved. 
And I say that because like my illustrator, like him and I got into it a number of different times, but because he really had a vision for how some of these scenes should have looked and should have come out that maybe didn't line up with what we had in mind. And there were ultimately times that you know he came around to understanding that the way we want to do is better. And then there was other times that we came around to seeing that like the idea is that he had were actually better than how we wrote them. And it's very important that your creatives are invested in the project if you want the final product to be exceptional. And again, you can make a good product. You can just 100% stick to your gun and say, no, I'm doing it in my way. I don't care. And I'm sure your product will be fine. But if you can involve other, other creatives that have different perspectives than you and really hear them out, we ended up with some things in this and some elements and some scenes that were done in ways that we wouldn't have read are better than we had initially imagined. And so right now you've got two episodes out. How many of these are you going to make? Like, are you going to continue this story? Starman forever. Truly. Yeah. So no, the plan is for this to go on. Uh, indefinitely. Wow. I mean, if you look at the other comic book universes, they never yeah. end. And, and because the characters that are successful and people want to see, they want to keep seeing more from it. Um, I think at, at some point, I mean, it may stop if at some point I stop producing it. And I don't know if this is something that if I stopped that I would ever want to sell because for me this has like there's a there's a message that I want to tell both you know social and you know a little bit political message that's involved in the storyline and you know at some point it will become more commercialized as it grows but that message is never going to go away because that message is the whole point it's the whole reason I do it so um, I, I the ultimate goal for me like the twenty year goal is this ends in a like main stream movie which will probably be a netflix at that point by how how much uh, the streaming's taking over maybe 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 not actually going to actually physical theaters but the 20 year goal is to really build a full deep comic universe around this that could be translated into a film that's amazing and so tell me a little bit about the investment side like you had to surely invest like a lot of not only your time but your money into creating something like a comic book you know like especially with using the illustrators, like you said, that work with Marvel and DC, like what was that, what was that like? And, um, my main question is like, how did you get, did you get any backing from outside, uh, people like other, other people that helped you out to create this or was it all done by yourself? Yeah. So episode one, it was, it was done by me. And when I started, I had like a $10,000 budget and my goodness, was that naive by the time I went live with episode one. It had cost $50,000. My credit cards were maxed. And actually for the first few months of sales, the entire net of sales was just covering the like $600 a month interest payment. Um, it was wildly expensive. And some of it was stuff that were one-time costs, like getting the website set up, which actually doing a really good e-commerce website takes quite a bit of money and work um, to do. It was the marketing for it, all the secondary content creation, the art itself. Um, the Starman suit, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so yeah, episode one was very prohibitively expensive and it was something that was a terrible idea. People shouldn't do it, but it was something that I just had to do. Like, honestly, I never thought it was going to be successful. I never thought like people would buy it, but I made it anyway. Um, and ultimately that did turn out to be the right choice. Wow. So I've been wanting to create a comic book myself. And so now hearing a little bit about, you know, how much it costs you, it's kind of like, Whew, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. But I get it. You know, yeah. you've got to put the money into something in order to create something great. A hundred percent. And I would say episode one, like when I look at episode one now, compared to what we did with episode two, like I'm proud of what we did that we made something, but like episode two is so much better than episode one. And like, we have like, you know, episode one was 20 pages. Episode two is 40. 
um, the storyline that we have in episode two that really rewrote again, episode one served its purpose. It, it, it got there, but I'm definitely much happier where we are now and where we're going with, with episode three, four and five that we kind of already have laid out. Um, yeah, it's a huge undertaking. And I would say kind of the biggest question for anybody who wants to do something like this has to answer is who is your audience? So that was the one thing that I knew exactly who my audience was. And that was the one like decision point that made me willing to take the risk without really knowing a lot of other things. It was that I knew there was an excited fan base of people like me who were really excited about Elon Musk, excited about Tesla and excited about SpaceX. So my entire point was to serve that audience. So I knew who my potential customers were. I knew that they were passionate about this thing. And if I could do a good enough job, they had already bought into the concepts of the things that I was promoting and covering. So that was a key point Um, for somebody who wants, wants to start something that's doesn't that they're not going after an existing fan base that is much harder because you've got find you've got to have a harder time finding the people who your story connects with so i think that's something i always just point to people and say hey i want to do a comic it's like okay great what story are you going to tell and who's going to consume it because that that will help shape who you put your content to and where you spend your dollars exactly so let's uh let's talk a little bit about your how you got you know involved in you know the starman thing in the first place like a lot of people, first of all, don't even know that Elon sent his car up into space. So how did you, you know, come across SpaceX, Elon Musk? Like, how, what was your introduction to that whole world, if you will? So I'd always been obsessed with space ever since I was a little kid, but nothing really meaningful happened had happened in space and like our right. lifetimes. Like if you're a millennial, nothing <laughs> exciting has happened in space. And then SpaceX came around and they were landing boosters. And it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like I had read Elon Musk's biography by Ashley so Vance. And like, it was very clear that Elon was serious about going to Mars. Oh yeah, great, great book. That book is actually what really turned me on to Elon actually. Because I read that book and I'm like, okay, it's clear that this guy is going to change the world. Like that is his sole intent. And he's either going to do it or die trying. So that's it was actually that that led me to try test driving a tesla which i fell in love with immediately it was that that caused me to really start paying very close attention to spacex which right about that time i watched them start landing boosters which was insane and something that nasa and everybody else in the aerospace industry said was impossible and they've been doing it for what three plus years now um so anyway the falcon heavy demo happened and when i saw that moment where starman blasts off into space and they had the live stream synced up with that the, the david bowie song life on mars it was like oh my god like, this is really going to happen. Like, it's the first time in my life that I actually really, truly believed that we were going to really make it this time in this Mars race. Um, and I mean, just the way they did it was magical. Like, it was such a perfect moment, too. And Starman was such a perfect symbol of our future and our future in space to have, like, like this really progressive advanced car with a man in a spacesuit or orbiting earth like people could imagine themselves being up there with starman and i thought it was such a brilliant moment but i really wanted to see it become a lot more man it's it's you're right it totally it's like so so relatable to our future and I agree. Like I read that book and then that's what got me, you know, inspired to write a song about Elon Musk and his, the struggles he's gone through as, you know, an engineer, as somebody, as an entrepreneur even, you know, and everybody told him he couldn't do it. And here he is number one doing it. And NASA just invested what $80 million into SpaceX for their project. Like it's huge. And 
it's amazing to see where we're going to go. And I think that for the first time, people are getting excited again about space. And um, on this podcast, I've actually talked to rocket photographers. Um, I've talked to Eric Kuna uh, and I just talked to another. Oh, oh yeah, Eric. dude. His work's he's he's absolutely insane. And uh, I just talked to uh, Hover Slam Photography as well. They're based out of Florida. And I, I, I have such a blast talking to the people that are so into space because it gets me more, even more excited. And it, it's a way to educate people about, you know, what we're doing and, and what we're doing and what, how we're going forward into this space race. And the fact that Elon is here in America, you know, he could have stayed and he could have gone back to South Africa and figured it out over there, you know, but he decided to stay here. And so I think it's huge for not only humankind, but also for the American space race. It's a big deal. And a lot of people don't realize like, you know, people like tries to be crazy when the low hanging trolls on the internet be like, oh, well, SpaceX wouldn't be alive without contracts. It's like one, get the hell out of here. None of these agencies would be alive without government contracts because they are the majority of space customers. So one, just shut up. Uh, two, SpaceX is getting literally half the money as Boeing is for the same projects. SpaceX is clearly not the one who's ringing the government for money. It's ULA, it's Boeing, it's Lockheed, it's all the legacy guys that haven't done anything innovative in the rocket industry in like 30 years. Also, too, SpaceX, Elon Musk had to sue the U.S. government and the Air Force because they were just handing contracts to ULA and not actually following their own competitive bidding process because SpaceX was coming in at a fifth the cost, a tenth the cost and were being turned down for contracts and because the good old boys in Washington were passing passing the deals to their friends on the outside and their donors and Elon and Tesla SpaceX actually had to sue Congress and testify in open trial before Congress to actually get their applications to be accepted. Wow. Even though they were both the lowest bidder by a large margin and had the highest and the most advanced technology. Man. The uphill bot- battles they had to fight at as a result of being the best and not being on the inside, it was incredible. Absolutely. So let's talk about the suit. Talk about your uh, your Starman suit a little bit and why, first of all, why did you want to create that? Why did you want to embody this character? So it was during, it was like midway through creation of episode one that I realized that Starman needed to reappear in real life. It couldn't be enough just to like, there'd be pictures of him from when he, when the live stream happened years ago now, and that he just appeared in the comic book. He had to have a real life presence. I don't know. It just struck me as something that was important. So I contracted the Hollywood FX studio and had one completely remade, including the helmet to like my, I mean, I had to give him like 58 different measurements. So like my body, like exactly, um, which does make it difficult around the holidays because if I eat too much, the suit doesn't fit and that's no fun. But (laughs) um, yeah, no, it just had to happen. And that was the part that like, I really didn't know what was going to come of that or how I was going to use it. I just knew that this had to exist. And I remember uh, having Starman appear for the first time actually at the Tesla owners club uh, leadership summit. uh, They had a tour of the Fremont factory and I was in the suit and I went on a tour of the factory in the Starman suit and the response was absolutely electric. I mean, even afterwards I got, I got hit up from the head of communications at Tesla and they're like, okay, the entire company was buzzing about seeing Starman inside our factory. You have to tell us what was going on here. Like they were like, they were so thrilled about it and they covered a whole piece on it and kind of told the story internally at Tesla. Cause like people wanted to know like, Oh my God, why was Starman here? <laughs> and like, that was just kind of the beginning. And I was like, okay, people are really excited about this. And it's really just absolutely gone wild from there. It's cool because like even like 
adults like even react to it the same way kids like kids are just thrilled right like like for kids it's just totally awe-inspiring but like i see the same response in adults and that really surprised me and is actually gives me a lot of hope because like normally it's the kids we have to inspire and we get the next generations to do things right and to look at things from the right perspective it's exciting to see adults being willing to open up to the idea of space as well i think that's i think that's big absolutely and so what are what are some of the features of the suit i mean just talk a little bit about you know the helmet the the material of it tell me a little bit more about the suit so the only downside i would say to the suit is it's made to be absolutely beautiful on camera so it's made out of a what is the materials I can't actually remember the materials at the moment, but it looks absolutely gorgeous. The only downside of it is it's a relatively soft material. So I have to be very careful when wearing it because the first one that was made actually got a number of tears in it and I had to pay for a replacement. Um, the Yeah, that was not fun. That was a very expensive replacement. Um, the helmet is actually cast out of a foam. So like they made it to my exact measurement. Though I do have a 3D printed helmet that's being worked on right now. I got a good friend that's an expert in that space and um, I paid him quite a bit of money and he's almost done with my 3D printed one that will actually be able to open the visor, which is very exciting. That's awesome, man. And uh, so when you're in in the suit, are you talking to people or are you like, you know, anonymous and quiet? So yeah, my relationship to Starman is that like Starman is like my friend slash it's like kind of a clark kent sort of thing so like whoever like starman is anonymous so yeah no it's um starman doesn't talk yet that's amazing i love it you know i cosplay as spider-man sometimes it's like my favorite thing i have a custom similar to to yours i have a custom spider-man suit that i got made because i mean he's my favorite comic book hero and yeah i'm a girl but fuck you you know what i'm saying (laughs) oh exactly who gives a fuck Anybody can be Spider-Man, you know, even Spider-Man says that anybody can do it. So, um, I, I love the anonymous factor of it. You know, it's, it, I think it's makes it more mysterious and I makes it, it makes it more fun to do it that way. So, uh, I assume you drive a Tesla then? I do. I do. I, um, I actually had my Tesla wrapped in a brushed steep stainless steel wrap. Funny, it actually looks very similar to the Cybertruck, but I had my wrap done quite a while before the Cybertruck came out. But yeah, my, my test, my Model S is called the Starship and it's got a brushed stainless steel wrap. So it looks similar to SpaceX's Starship. Wow, that's amazing. Which was done for Starman because Starman needs to drive a Starship. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So um, did you have it? Do you have any like special and features? I say he's probably going to drive a Cybertruck. Oh, sure. hell yeah. Any special features? No. Um, at some point, point the suit is going to have to have some cooling because it gives like astronauts have heat uh, temperature control in their spacesuits. starman is going to have to get that his upgraded to have that added <laughs> because this is a podcast about freelancing i want to talk a little bit about your your goals with this content creation stuff and getting you know hired to do features and go to these events and things like that so tell me about like what what your goals are for uh, your content creation yeah, so there's a couple angles to it. Um, one is I do content on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and that's more of just a pure like uh, content play, right? So there is monetization from ad revenue, which isn't super high, but a lot of it is typically working with like brands and sponsors. That's a monetization angle there. But then the Starman thing is exciting because I think this probably falls into more traditional freelancing. Is that you know in the Tesla and SpaceX community. Starman is a directly known 
thing now, right? So, you know, Starman's made appearances at all the Tesla unveilings and even got like a nod from Elon Musk and all this different stuff. So like there's now an opportunity that before I would just go to things and would just go and participate because I'm passionate about it. But now that I'm doing this full time, there's enough demand that that can actually help cover my costs to keep doing this. So Starman appearances um, as a paid service is something I'll be doing freelancing. And heck, that's actually how we ended up talking, right? So that's something that we're going to be doing together. So I want to do as much as I can on the Starman front side, just because that doing that is what makes me the happiest. Like I, I love seeing people respond to Starman. Like it's just electric. It's amazing. And one of the things Starman will do is when people will send messages to real life Starman on Instagram, occasionally Starman will actually respond in video in just a private message that will expire in 30 seconds and they can't save it. So Starman has communicated to some supporters and uh, it's amazing. That's so great. I love that you're doing that kind of stuff and it's, it just pulls people in more and it it builds your audience and it builds that community even stronger to be able to interact with people like that. So I think what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. So tell me about some of the events that you've been able to go to. Yeah, it was actually just an event this past weekend in Miami uh, big Tesla owners event out there and Starman showed up and signed autograph for kids and took photos with them. And yeah, it was an absolute blast. It's, it's awesome. Kids will come up and be like, Oh, can I get on your shoulder? Starman? I, I, there's this adorable photo that I have with this little like two year old girl. who was like on like sitting on Starman's shoulders. It was the coolest. Um, there's probably a lot more of the educational route side coming in the future because um, there's a great connection here for elementary school kids and, and start doing more on the education side. So I think that's something I'm going to start developing that Starman can be a good conduit to deliver an educational message as well. And I think Starman's role in it won't be actually the delivery of it, but Starman will appear as kind of a symbolic prop as part of that educational process. For sure. Yeah. And no, I think that's great, you know, to get into the education area, the, or the education sector, I guess I should say to further teach kids about space and what we're doing and, and where we're going. Um, so what full-time job did you have, or do you have, you know, to help support yourself when you were creating the suit and creating the comic book? Like what, what was your main gig? So I was director of product for a software as a service company. I've been doing, I've been in the tech space for 10 years. I've been product management director level for the last five, six years. And that's what afforded me to, you know, be able to get the Tesla and be able to pour such an absurd amount of money as I did into this project. Um, You know, also too, I sold my house, which freed up some cash and helped me pay off some of the debts from the project. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, living in California, even with a job like that, like, you know, I made good money, lived comfortably, but like by no means... Did that translate to wealthy, which actually was good that I never adapted fully to that income because it allowed me to save money and now be at a place now that, you know, I can work on doing these projects for an entire year and still have enough money to pay the bills. So um, been pretty lucky the way things have worked out. And honestly, this what happened last Friday, actually, that part of how we're able to even be talking and doing all this is I went into work and they eliminated my department. And when they told me, I was like, you know, I think you guys really did me a huge favor because I have no excuse now not to go all, all in on the things I'm passionate about. And yeah, I think the timing couldn't have been better. And I don't think I would have done it had that not happened because like, it's hard to walk away from really good money when you've gotten, when you've spent 10 years in your career to get there. And now it's like really coming in like the financially responsible thing to do, right. Is to, to make the money and save it and invest it. So that's what I was doing, but they really just 
made it easier for me to just go all in on what I'm passionate about. That's awesome. You know, sometimes, you know, the worst, the I, I don't say the worst, but you know, the worst circumstance can actually be a huge blessing in disguise. Um, so congratulations for, you know, pursuing this full time. I think that it's great. And I think that you've got a bright future doing this kind of stuff. So um, what, what events do you have coming up? I mean, I guess we could talk about what we're doing real quick um, as well. So yeah. for now, let's talk about that. Yeah, for those listening, I have a band called Chasing Satellites and I've got a new song that's done and I was trying to come up with a concept for a music video and I was like, what could we do for this that's really cool and I'm the only it's like a solo project so it's just me and the band, you know. And so I was like, I want to do a music video but it's always just me and the music video and I need I need like a storyline, I need something else. So I was like, oh my god, what if I got like an astronaut suit made? And then I was like looking around for astronaut suits and I couldn't find anything online. So I, I immediately thought of Starman, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, this guy on Instagram, he has his own suit. Like I should ask him where he got his made. And it turned into me just asking him instead, Hey, do you want to just be the character for this music video? And so, uh, here next month, we're going to head out to Joshua tree and we're going to film a music video together. And, uh, I'm super, super excited to have you be a part of it, man. I can't wait. And I just read, uh, you just sent me, I think a couple days ago, the storyline for the video. Uh, it's pretty intense. I I'm excited to see the final product uh, the, and, the, and the shooting location is phenomenal by, by the way. I think anybody who sees this video is going to be like, yep, this was the perfect location to film a space focused music video. Yeah, I'm super excited. We basically uh, I rented out a an Airbnb in Joshua Tree that is literally the shape of a UFO. It's a UFO in the middle of the desert and the door opens like it opens outward just like a UFO would. And so I'm going to have him walk down the stairs. Oh, my God, it's going to be so sick. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, it looks like a Martian house in the middle of a Martian landscape. Yep. It's going to be great. It's, I'm so excited to do it. So um, my last question for you is what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Oh, man. I love that question. Um, I think the thing I wish I had known now when I started, and I think this goes, I think this applies to anybody who's trying to go for it. In fact, I sent a number of messages to Gary Vee actually to try and get him to include this in his content. Because he, you know, so many people follow him for that type of inspiration. He has such an audience. It's that it's okay if the first thing you produce doesn't necessarily go the way you think it's going to go or doesn't get the reception you were hoping for immediately or whatever, whatever. Because the simple act of having created something that was significant and created something that took a lot of work and it obviously took a lot of work sets you apart from other people in a way that you would never expect. And I don't mean it makes you better than them or anything like that. We're not talking about social comparison or ranking. I'm talking about that when you've actually done something significant, other people who are out there doing real shit all of a sudden will talk to you and respond to you and notice you. It's like this weird magic door that you walk through of having done something. The other people who are actually doing things, the other doers will take you much more seriously because you've got something they got, you've got something that shows your work ethic because like by having created that comic book or created that music video or done that photo shoot, created that piece of art that speaks about who you are in ways that you could never do by trying to pitch yourself to somebody. So again, regardless of how the outcome comes and it's selling, 
the fact that if you've done something significant, done something hard, that people it will open up opportunities from you because other people will now respect you and trust you and believe in your abilities. I wish that was something that somebody had told me when I started because it would have made the depressing days and the days where I didn't think it was going to work a little less depressing. Wow, that is such great insight, man. I I have a book out, you know, and it's it's kind of hard to sell a book when you first do it, you know, and I've sold, you know, 20 plus copies and I never thought, thought I would sell any of them, you know, so it's like to hear your insight on that, it gives me hope for like the future of what I'm doing as well. So I'm sure the audience is going to super relate to that and appreciate that. So, um, with that, if people want to get in touch with, uh, with you, with Starman for, uh, appearances or features, or if they want to pick up a comic book or some, some merch, where can they do that? And how can they find you? Awesome. Uh, yeah. So if you guys want to contact me via email relating to appearances or anything like that, Eli at grayspacedgroup.com is my email address. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at my Tesla adventure, which is the one I personally run. There's also at real life Starman. Uh, that account takes a little bit longer to respond because it gets a lot more DMS. Um, and then if you guys are interested in picking up a copy of episode one or two of the adventures of Starman, you can grab it at the adventures of Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Project Freelance, Eli. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, and I cannot wait for our shoot coming up in a few weeks. So that was my episode with Eli Burton, known as Starman, my Tesla adventure, and the creator of the Starman comic book series, as well as the Starman NFT experience. If you guys want to get involved in any of the things he's doing, I'll put a ton of links for you down in the description. Go support the guy. I love what he's doing. Go check out the music video. We're actually going to do a part two to this podcast soon um, and kind of update you guys on everything, how the launch of the NFT experience went, how the music video response has been and uh, more so thank you for listening to this episode of project freelance this has kind of like been an untold story of how all this was created and i'm super glad that i'm putting it out and that i saved this episode and you know i'm i'm very grateful to eli for everything he's done and everything he's helped me with and all the support he's given me over the past couple of years Thank you guys for listening to Project Freelance. If you liked it, please leave me a rating and feedback. It helps the podcast grow. If you do that, I'll send you a signed photo print as a way of saying thanks for supporting the podcast. If you want to come on the show, hit me up at Project Freelance on Instagram and we'll uh, pencil you in. Let's make it happen. Guys, may the fourth be with you. Thanks for listening. Stay strong. Keep enduring.